Careful now. Boing. So cool to be playing vinyl. Vinyl. Took the record off the turntable. You ready for this? Welcome to Behind the Vinyl. Here's your host, Stu Jeffries. Okay, let's do this. Thanks for popping by for another episode of Behind the Vinyl. Coming up in a few minutes, the brilliance of Hojo, Howard Jones, and the impact a fan had on him with a touching story about how his song, Things Can Only Get Better, connected with her. She said she played the song every single day to kind of really give her some energy to keep going forward. As a songwriter, that's the holy grail, really. Before we get to Howard, we hear from Sam Reed and Alan Frew of Glass Tiger as they shed some light on some of the production elements in their song, Thin Red Line. Wait for it. Yeah. Waiting. A bit quiet for a single. Yeah. Yeah, remember that silence we decided to record <laughs> at the beginning? There it is. Ah. Now, one of the first things I remember right off the bat is how you got all those samples in those days. Yeah, so under the guitar line, you hear horses and you hear battle cries and you right. hear... Now, today, you would just go into a sample, sample library. library and push a button, but... Alan and I sat on the floor of the Jumbo Video in Newmarket. After hours. After hours, when the store was closed, I brought my emulator, sampling machine, and we went through war movies and lifted, take position! Well, some of them you did. Right. You die where you stand, that's your voice. Right. I had, in the old pub, the Grey Goat, I think it was my previous band, uh, Onyx, there was a big old painting called Before the Dawn. Yes, I remember that. Remember that? Yeah. And I had written a song called Before the Dawn. Yeah. And that's where I got this idea of Kedekoi being the place where the soldiers gathered yeah. the night before the big battle, this battle. Yeah. And um, that song never quite uh, cut it, but... But it I, ties into Kedekoi, which is the band's company name, um, Thin Red Line, Right. and Before the Dawn. It's all... Uh, One of the earliest songs we ever... Yeah, from day one. This together, was, and it survived. Yeah, very rare. As a matter of fact, when we were playing bars, I don't know if you, you will remember this, you had to lie to the club owners yeah. about what song, because they'd look at your list, and you'd have to be, like they hated the, the word original, so it had to be top 40, which we played Police and Rush and Flock of Seagulls and whatever. And then, of course, we wanted to play our own music, so rather than make of this moment in the show where you'd announce to the audience, and now we're going to play an original, we just used to segue, yeah. and then Alan used to say to the audience, um, we're going to play a song called Thin Red, it's from a new band in England called Thin Red Line, right. and we used to just go into it, and people go, wow, that's amazing, where can I buy that? It's like, oh, it's ours. So if I'm not mistaken, yeah. Thin Red Line and You're What I Look For. Yeah, so they're, they're, uh, they're originals, yeah. yeah. I, I remember, I remember um, it'd be interesting to talk to Jim, but I remember um, Jim Valens being incredibly impressed with this song because it just had a whole different yeah. UK kind of flavour that that Canadian bands weren't doing at the time. And if I'm not mistaken, so much so, Brian got a kick out of this song as well. Uh, Into the Fire. Uh, and so it carried a little bit of that, of that. That, yeah. that, that thing. I, I thought, remember when we first went to Vancouver to write with Jim, uh, not this song, but we were going for that commercial hit. And after all the songs that Jim listened to from the band, he picked this one out, and I know it's not so much that it was a single because he's a massive hit writer. Uh, it was it was something he said I would never write that right. ever in a million years, and he just loved. The I song. always I always felt like this song kind of cost us our number one in America because 
we released right. we released Don't Forget Me When I'm Gone in Canada, and for some strange reason, the Americans wanted to fire this up, yeah. and they did that. But all the border stations in America said, "Uh, uh, uh, we're we're grabbing Don't Forget Me When yeah. I'm Gone." They get so over. It created that yeah. imbalance of sales and. And we peaked at number two We Don't yeah. Forget Me When yeah. I'm Gone. And I always think if they hadn't done that, if they just at least Don't Forget Me When I'm yeah. Gone, it would have been a massive yeah. number one. Yeah. yeah, yeah, so. But it's still one of the most popular songs, like, reaction-wise. Mm -hmm. When we play it live, you still look at people's faces singing along, and it's right. and it's it's an unusual track, I think, because it's not it a, a textbook kind of pop song that we're known for. Right. You know? And the lyrics are, are, are interesting, and... You know, people ask me, what's a clay, clay, it's spelt like clay de more, but it's actually clay more. Yeah. And, uh, which is big sword. And, and, uh, and when we shot the video in England. Yeah. Uh, so the, the guy that shot the video for this, uh, who's recently passed away yeah, in the Storm last Thorgerson. two years. Storm Thorgerson, who did all the Pink Floyd album covers and, and he was a director. And we felt like we were on a movie set. Yeah. We had horses, we had reenactment soldiers. <laughs> You know, and we're just a woman lifting a skirt up, children running, <laughs> children out. running out. Yeah, that's the maid of the mist, right? I always loved the visual. I, I thought they nailed that with yeah. your lyric and that whole thing where she she t she goes when the soldiers are fallen, she collects their souls, and the children go out and they collect the heather from the dead soldiers and they release them and let them free. I thought it was amazing. And that's a thin red line. Yeah, great song. I haven't heard that in a while. That's Glass Tiger, Thin Red Line on Behind the Vinyl. I'm Stu Jeffries. Thanks for listening. Howard Jones takes us on a journey shortly with his song, Things Can Only Get Better. But before that, it's Barney Bentall saluting a few of his musical influences on his song, She's My Inspiration. Okay, this is She's My Inspiration. She's My Inspiration. It's funny, as soon as it, the needle drops, I, one thing that strikes me right off the, the top is that I think there was a keyboard sound that, that we're, I was listening to. We were listening to Spirits in the Material World by the police. And I think that's what you did back then. You went, oh, let's try and do that sound for this. And, and, uh, and my God, I haven't listened to this for a long time. The, we, we did the track and then we went down to Los Angeles to do overdubs. We were working with this producer, David Tickle, who would, you know, we'd have crystals and lasers going in the studio and it was, just a wild character. And uh, there's beautiful percussion in this from Alex Acuna, who was in Weather Report. And we were a Canadian rock and roll band, and we just went, wow, that's an interesting combination uh, to have in there musically. Um, so I love the groove of the track. Uh, it's an unusual song in that it's really, we, we um, I was writing a lot of songs with a good friend of mine, Gary Fraser. We'd known each other since we were five. We kind of pursued this dream, but he was writing lyrics and came to me with this lyric about uh, a guy who had been in prison for, it's vague as to what happened, but he, you know, it maybe allegedly killed his girlfriend or whatever. It was a strange topic, I know, and, uh, but might have been wrongfully convicted. It's, and, uh, um, so yeah, a bit of an unusual, uh, unusual topic for sure uh made more singing on it uh, we record made made her first record and uh and she toured with us i'm just trying to figure out who this young guy is down here this was a great this uh we we went out with this toronto photographer outside of vancouver um to um 
it's actually, it's kind of funny because all the sewage outflows comes in this area near the Vancouver airport, but it had this great uh, sort of visual thing that he was looking for. So he just had us doing all this stuff and, and then I fell and he said, don't move. And he came out and took this picture, just one shot. So, um, the, the, um, yeah. Yeah, I was just kind of trying to, I don't know if I was super comfortable with the song uh, because it just didn't seem like the subject matter that I would I would sort of gravitate towards, but there was, I'm, I'm really trying hard to think there was, there was somebody who was wrongfully connect, convicted in the Maritimes for, for a murder. And they, we were playing a show somewhere out east and all of a sudden this guy came up and it was him. And he had been released after they determined he was wrongfully convicted. And he said, he came out with the clothes he went in with, you know, and, and 25 bucks and a copy of this record, which was kind of freaky. But, um, you know, it was, it was an example of, I guess a very tangible example uh, that of, of, of the fact that you can't control how people perceive your music or where it goes or how it makes people feel or what it makes people do or how it enables them to carry on and hang on through sometimes a very difficult situation. Pushing, pushing. Barney Bentall, she's my inspiration on Behind the Vinyl. I'm Stu Jeffries, host of this musical extravaganza of knowledge. Howard Jones was a staple in the 80s with his keyboard mastery and great songs like No One Is To Blame, New Song, and Things Can Only Get Better. And speaking of the latter, that's a song that still has a grip on him today. Howard explains. It's so cool to be actually, you know, playing vinyl again, because um, my early records were were released on vinyl, and it, it was just at, at, the, at the cusp of the change between vinyl and CD. So I had a vinyl release and a CD release, and CD technology was just um, developing. And so those early CDs, when you listen to them, they're, they're quite sort of bright and toppy uh, because they were actually uh, mastered for vinyl. So, um, you know, they just transferred the same thing. I would see now, of course, people master the records much more according to the, you know, the sound of the mixes. But when you, when you master something to vinyl, you have to take into account that it's, um, you know, it's a very physical medium and you, you can't put too much bass in there, otherwise the grooves to get too fat. You know, all that stuff, it's very interesting. Um, but Things Can Only Get Better was um, a really interesting track for me because, you know, I'd, I'd recorded the Humans Live album and, and that had done, that done really well, but I had all the songs ready for that. You know, the whole album was, was written and I was performing it live and I was totally on top of it comes to Dream Interaction, I had nothing written at all, I had no new songs, so basically I was on the road, I did like, was touring for like 18 months at a time, and I needed to write stuff whilst I was on the road, so I had a little studio with me, and um, everywhere I went, you know, whether it be, you know, basketball stadiums or stuff like that, I'd be setting it up and really working on the tracks, and then doing a little demo, and then playing it on the bus to the band, you know, and I'd see if they were kind of getting the vibe of it, um, and this... This song, Things Can Only Get Better, really, I'm so glad that I wrote this song because it's, it's a song about when 
things go horribly wrong and you make the biggest mistakes that you could ever think of in your life and you think to yourself how am I ever going to put this right and and the song sort of says like you know no matter how bad it gets you can always turn it around and you can always create value from it because you you don't realize it always but you have the power in your life to do that and I I find you know I've been playing this song to myself a lot this year because I've had um, a lot of big deal family stuff going on that has really shocked me and kind of rocked me um, and I go back to the lyrics of this you know and do you feel scared I do but I won't stop and falter and if we threw it all away things can only get better you know it's um it's it's really a song for those times when when things get tough and I was speaking to a, um, a lady after a show just recently and she said she played this song every single day two years uh, for, for two years to herself she was going through a, a horrific divorce I think and um, and she so she put this song on to kind of really give her some you know energy to keep going forward and uh, the brilliant thing was you know when I saw her she was like really looking great she was like flourishing in her life and it was great so you know for me to write uh, be a part of that process you know as a songwriter that's a, that's the holy grail really that your work um, in some way can contribute to people um, you know um, being able to process their life and, and you know be encouraged kind of thing like being a I always thought of it as like being kind of a cheerleader you know that yeah yeah everyone has goes through this stuff and you you will be alright so yeah um, very um, sort of funky track with you know horns on it and um, lots of um, technology um, you know it's one of those ones that people just love because they love to sing the chorus uh, with me and it's just fabulous what a great tune Howard Jones things can only get better and that's another edition of Behind the Vinyl the podcast I'm Stu Jeffries with a huge thank you for listening we appreciate the support because these stories are just too good to keep to ourselves we got a pile of episodes for you to catch up on so feel free to find some previous ones and give us a nice comment if you feel inclined see you soon this has been Behind the Vinyl the podcast hosted by Stu Jeffries audio production courtesy of Doug Morehouse Derek Walsman, and Troy McCallum Thanks for listening.